you guys ready to vibe up? I am ready <laughs> to vibe to party. <laughs> Just kidding. The mum, yes. the mum. Let's <laughs> let's vibe up. Yalla. <laughs> All right. So last week we talked a little bit about our personal encounters with aliens or what we believed about them, and this week we're going to talk a little bit about star seeds. So, what is a star seed? Does anybody want to answer? I'll re-ask that because you're the only one who right. knows how to explain it. So, <laughs> what is a star seed? <laughs> All right. So, a star seed is basically the majority of the planet right now is being born indigo children or rainbow children or crystal children. All these generations of souls that did not start out on the planet Earth. Souls that have histories in other universes, other galaxies, on other planets, with other species or races of aliens or higher dimensional beings. So, right now, you might be sitting at home and wondering, why do I not feel at home on this planet? Where do I come from? And a lot of the characteristics of starseeds across the board are very similar, but each species has at its core, its own imprint, and the characteristics that you have in this lifetime will resonate with the species that you, your soul most recently came from. So we're going to go over some of the most common, although there are hundreds of thousands of species of aliens, allegedly. But these are the most common, so it's kind of like those Facebook games where it's like, which star seed are you? <laughs> so just try to think about which one you might relate to the most out of the ones we're sharing. All right. I'm going to start off with one of the more common ones, the Pleiadians. I'm going to go over four different types of them. So there is the modern one, also known as the Nordic. It appears to be looking like a Caucasian female. But it has different skin, more of a pink or orange glow. The skin is colder. They have um, short brown or blondish hair, blue eyes, and they got a forehead for days. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they, are res they resonate in the fifth dimension. And they actually know a few Earth languages, which is really cool. They want to help support humanity and the Earth in general which I really like and resonate with. Another thing with their appearance is um, their cartilage and bones are different than humans. So they appear to be fragile-like. They have a really like calm, gentle, caring kind of nature. And they're willing to help humans that are willing to accept their guidance and whatnot. Okay, cool. That is the modern day ones. The next one doesn't really have a name, but it's... um. From the Vega Caucasians, they starseed from there. So this type of alien was back like 10,000 years ago, maybe even like longer than that. There were, it was like the Stone Age and a lot of aliens would visit Earth and create babies with the humans that were on the Earth. And that's why we have a lot of different hybrids and whatnot. And two outcomes that came from it were just a fair skin, red hair, narrow, long face breed, and then there was a blonde, fair-skinned, more Pleiadian face-looking Norwegian. The next one isn't really said name either. They, um, the article I was reading 
the person had referred to as the early Mollusk Palladian race. So the appearance of these Palladians were very human-like, uh, two arms, two legs, thick peach-like skin. Their eyes were small and slanted, and they have like a really rectangular nose. They look like the Caucasian Vegas who um, star-seeded them. And then lastly, for the Palladians... Plate. Am I saying that right? Pleiadians. Pl- Pleiadians? Mm-hmm. Cool. The pale blue Pleiadians. So they have moist skin and like almost like clammy, which is a horrible way to explain it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's how they are. Um, their eyes are almond shaped, also quite wi- wide apart. And their hair is made of fine hairs. So there's more... Humans, like us, we have a bunch of, we have like a bundle of hair. They have less hairs, but they have hairs coming off of them. It was a really interesting look as well. The Palladians are a really cool breed, and they're definitely here to help humans if we want them to. Um, a couple notes about Pleiadian starseeds specifically are the, they're basically like the Pleiadians are from the Pleiades, but they're like the hippies of the earth. Like, they are all about love, peace, light, all of that stuff. I know you know these people that are in your life that are very much, like, focused only on positivity, won't even look at anything that is remotely negative or dark, always have a smile on type of people um, that hardcore believe in that message of just spreading love and light. And they are the most common. I think they're also one of the closest ones to us distance-wise and have been very active in the process of our ascension. They have been the ones that have been trying to make packs with different species to protect the planet through ascension because there are definitely other species of aliens that want to come in and get involved in a way that uh, takes away our free will. But they definitely want to protect us to make our own choices and to evolve the way we naturally would. Very much like in tune with nature and the elements and those, they also have intuitive psychic abilities, very empathetic people. Starseeds that are from the Pleiades are very empathetic people. Sums it up for them. All right, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Arcturians next. The Arcturians we mentioned a little bit in last week's episode, um, they have different appearances depending on the dimension that you are observing them at. So in the higher dimensions, they appear more uh, humanoid and tall, like extremely tall. And then in the lower dimensions, like when they come for visits, they appear very, very short, like little tiny green men. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're basically, in our galaxy, they are the oldest that are here. Although there are rumors that they came actually from Andromeda, uh, galaxy and mm. the Andromedans, like that, that's an entire galaxy that's producing different species. So there's so many species, I'm sure, in that, and we just call them one, but the Arcturians supposedly were seated there. Um, so they're ancient, they're the wise old little Yoda sages of um, <laughs> everything, and they yeah. are all about oneness. So they don't see dualistically, although they're not necessarily the most evolved, obviously, or we wouldn't, they wouldn't even be in our time space 
perception. Um, they still have some work to do, but regardless, they have a ton of ancient wisdom. They've watched all of the wars and seen all of the different races be seated. So they sit back and they watch it all happen in a non-judgmental, just objective place. They don't, they're not emotionally invested in it or anything like that. So they don't necessarily believe in the good versus evil matrixy schemes that are like programmed into our dimension. Um, they see beyond it. So they also all uh, communicate telepathically on their planet. There is no competition. They're all one. They're all operating from the exact same memory matrix. So you talk to one of them and you're talking to all of them. They learn from each other because of telepathic wisdom. They're all connected mm. like an internet basically for one entire species. So they they believe in absolute freedom of choice. They don't judge whether a decision is right or wrong. They want to just watch and help us when we want help, but they are not necessarily the ones that are trying to direct anything or intervene with our free choice either. On their planet, which is Arcturus and the Boots constellation, the way that they do things is that you basically, it's kind of like divergent. Like based on your energetic composition or what you're skilled at when you're born, you have a specific job or a task. And like the most coveted role is to reproduce for them because they live to be, like they don't age anymore. They don't have any disease or sickness or anything like that. So they can live basically however long they want until their like mission is accomplished. And when, but the ones that are told to reproduce, they do it through like tantric sex magic type of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's a very limited amount of people that or aliens beings that are produced because of how long their lifespans are it's unnecessary for more but they all are willing participants in this like they all feel complete bliss joy they don't have any negative emotions they're the starseeds for the Arcturians resonate with this same message of oneness and they are the intellectuals, the analytical, an- analyticals, very much the more logical minded people. And that's why I think they haven't necessarily evolved beyond the dimension that they're at yet because they haven't necessarily integrated the emotion into mm. what they do. Like it's very much objective logical rational we have all of the intel and i i think like the like the reason that they are the hermit card in tarot is because of that mm. vibe that they give off it's like the monks that go ahead and live but they're not they would not be able to function in our society successfully because they're off in that they're mm. way out of our league. um but yeah so if you resonate with that vibe which i certainly do mm-hmm I could definitely. <laughs> and that's like, aren't aren't they the, isn't this the race that they were saying that, and I say they, and I don't <laughs> know who I'm referring to. So I, on Instagram, et cetera, and other sources that they were coming to humans and helping with these downloads recently, energy downloads. It has been a lot more prevalent. In, like if, I don't know if, if you've been receiving random urges to do certain things health-wise, detoxing, getting healing, changing your habits, all of this stuff. The Arcturians are using are upgrading our technology right now. They're helping the technology that yeah. is our nature already. They're healing our DNA from past 
traumas. They're healing our soul's history and um, helping us rewire. I felt like a I've like rewiring of mm-hmm. like my mindset basically. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that you say that. Yeah, it's I've seen it so much more since 2020 started. And yeah, I I've been connecting with these guys since. 2014 and just now it's like everybody that everywhere i look everybody knows about them and is receiving information from yeah. them and i have not been able to turn it off like i it's really intense right now but it's awesome because it feels good well and they sound very similar to the andromedans is that how you say yep andromedans andromedans do want to add about the arcturians though that one thing that might rub people a little bit the wrong way is they are very, very aware that they are the best, oldest, wisest in the universe. So they come off as a little bit like condescending or cocky in some things that they say, even though they really are. That's the only problem. Like they, they have all everything. It's not just cockiness. It is confidence, but it's, it can repel you when they just unload all the wisdom and then say like, yeah, we are. We're the best. <laughs> that's yeah. what's up <laughs> so you might resonate with that too that's yeah that's really like the best that's true that's funny <laughs> one thing i really like about the arcturians is that book you gave me or told me about mm-hmm. um it mentions in there how they even have um like a sarcastic ish like dry kind of humor which i feel like I don't know. Uh, that's like just me, 100%. Mm-hmm. So I love that they're like that. Yeah. And they're so intelligent. Very intellectual. I'm like, sense it just of humor. makes sense. <laughs> it definitely sounds. How do you say Arcturians? Arcturians. Arcturians. With yep. an R. Arcturians. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get it right. <laughs> um, Arcturians definitely sound like Andromedans. I was just reading something of a new channeled, channeled message, okay, from someone. Obviously, a human that wrote it uh, from an Andromedan that was just talking about dualistic thinking and how humans are trapped in this dualistic thought. So I was just thinking as well, they do, they think of us as one, same exact, and that's just a higher dimensional, I think, belief belief that. But the Pleiadians aren't like that. They're still in the dualistic only love and light. See, so, so this is interesting. Like a oneness versus, yeah, the evolution. Eventually you get to the dimension where you see everything and it all has its purpose. Yeah, wow. yeah. And it might be just hard to conceptualize right now because it, it's, it's infinite knowledge in a finite space in your mind. It's, you know, it might not make sense now. But if parts of anything we talk about resonate, look into it more, basically. Because mm-hmm. I am now, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like, <laughs> this is great. Anyways, okay, so Andromedas, A, this is who the lady at the Holistic Expo that I talked about in previous episodes, she definitely said that I'm from here and I'm holding this glass. I'll put, We'll post a picture of this on Instagram, why not? And the piece of glass that she makes, and she literally gave this to me for free, just to recap the story quick, and said, oh, you know where this is, and handed it to me. And I'm like, it's a picture of the galaxy. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't even, I, I don't, I didn't know I, much about this, you know, when at the time. And she said, you're from here. So this is that place that we describe with the diamond looking bridge going, jumping into different realities, da 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 It's. 2.5 million light years away, this galaxy, the Andromeda galaxy, and it ranges dimensions from 3D to 12D. From what 
has been channeled thus far. Interesting. So that means they have like our level, mm-hmm. right? Three yeah. days. Yep. So yes, hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And there's three types now that have been channeled by multiple. There's one in the four to five D dimension that are very similar to us, but bald. <laughs> That's what it said. Sorry. I don't know. It's funny. And I'll post sources, by the way, um, of where I got this information. Multiple have said the same exact thing. Um, there may have just been some different channeled beings that came through, but it was all the same, like, categories. Really interesting. So I'll, I'll, we'll post those things as well. Anyway, first race, as I said, four to five day, bald look like us. Some elong- have an elongated cone heads, which when I was looking at this, I was like, hmm, that's interesting because one, the movie cone heads, great. Classic movie, if I don't, I do say so myself. <laughs> one. And two, I just thought about ancient Egypt and mm. how the pharaohs would always wear headpieces that were in shapes of cones. Always. If you look back, there's, if you look back at a I just always remember seeing like fossils being discovered of these long cone heads. <laughs> yeah. That's probably where the movie was derived from. Who knows? You know, but that's, I just thought of that. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, second race 4D. They're about three to four foot tall, blue skin with bald heads and dark eyes. Very three to similar four. to the Arcturians. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, that's yeah. what I thought that was really interesting. I just, like, picture these little things. I don't even know what to expect. Like, yeah. three to four foot, let me tell you. But I guarantee- better not pop up on me, man. When you're picturing no. it, you're pr- you're probably pretty accurate. Yeah, I know <laughs> like, I you're am. You're probably seeing it pretty That's accurate. why I'm, like, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Let that thing pop up, though. <laughs> don't fuck with me, guys. That's why you want them to visit you in the astral, because then they can appear like humanoid, not True. Like these little green men. <laughs> just, just little, exactly. Exactly. Third race that we know of is the master race. And they are the seven to nine foot tall beings, winged beings, which is interesting, and they're the humanoids existing in higher dimensions. Basically guardian angels. Interesting. Which is very interesting to me because everything I was just reading was like, uh, I was reading about all, our, all the archangels that I'm taught, I was taught, you know, as being raised Catholic. So very interesting and a lot of similarities between them. <laughs> um, and it just makes you think like all, any of those, we're all talking about the same fucking beings. We're just calling it different them different things i think with some in terms of like the religion like guardian angels and uh spirits like i think we're kind of describing all the same types of is it do you know what i'm saying yes yes and we're just like making different names for them because we we're not connecting we just don't know their history exactly Mm -hmm. we just see them as superior to us so they must be yes from the heavens which could be Anywhere in the universe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the angels, the giants, the Nephilim, the Greek gods, all yes. of the gods of the Egyptians, like, all of the people that we looked up to as gods could just be beings from other planets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which, if they are of higher dimension, then they kind of are. Mm-hmm. 
more of like a God because they do, if, especially if they're operating in a oneness mindset, that is like a Christ-like, a God-like mindset where we're all one and it's utopia. You know, there's no good, there's no bad, it is, and you are finding the right. Like that's literally, yeah. So it's really interesting. So hold on. Then I want to talk about the um, the star seeds because they're here. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, but don't be scared because they're nice. They're real nice. When you see these pictures, you're going to be like, oh. They, it's actually kind of, kind of concerning how they – the one looks like me and I don't like it in this one <laughs> photo. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, they say that there's somewhere around like 800,000 humans that have Andromedan origin – okay, or, sorry. <laughs> Andromedan origin souls. Uh, they normally only have like a small bit – of the Andromedan, Andromedan energy, though, because the frequency is so much different than of that galaxy versus our galaxy that it's so it's it's hard to the e- it affects the ease of incarnation mm. in this human form in three D. So it's very hard to do. That's why it's there's only small pieces of it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So that. I don't even, I'm just in like, I'm just speechless right now, to be honest with you. It's just really weird. Because that makes so much sense. A lot of the stuff that I'm looking up and sharing, it makes a lot of sense and resonates with me. As I'm saying it out loud, it's like, yeah, I definitely, ever since like that lady said that to me and brought my awareness to it, I've been like going more into it and obviously researching it too. And it's definitely making it more and more real or familiar, at least, if that makes sense. But the guide for humanity in this, per this one source, souls, soulsalight.com. The guide for humanity is Andin, which is an eight dimension, the eighth dimension ambassador of the winged race of Andromedans. Yeah, there's like ambassadors for each yes. of these two Earth because there's basically an entire government system. Yeah. Of between these aliens that we're just kind of not. Not yet allowed to be a part of, but they are protecting us until we are, until we're able to speak for ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the vegans, the vegans, <laughs> not really vegans, or but the the Lyrans, yes, also known as that. One of the earlier breeds of aliens. Um, they are from the constellation Lyra, and the brightest. Or yeah, I'm sorry the the brightest star in the constellations Lyra. Yeah, the star yeah. is Lyra. Yeah. The constellation is Vega. Yes, Vega. Apologize. There are three different kinds, and we're going to start off with the dark-skinned Vegas. They had short, dark hair, if they had hair. Dark eyes, darker, tougher skin, long nose, kind of thicker lips, and they were about six to seven feet tall. They were very friendly, loving, intellectual um, types of individuals, aliens. They starseeded, um, human Jews, actually. That is a belief. And so the Vega Jews, modern day, have blonde curly hair and big eyes with, like, golden skin. This was back in another time when aliens came to Earth and breeded with humans. And that was an outcome. Another, um, type of these Vegas is the Vega Caucasians, which 
are non-human. And if any of you have seen Futurama, Zoidberg, the the one uh, the one guy, the one alien in the show, he's got like the tentacles by his mouth. That that upper part of him is exactly what they look like, which is funny. <laughs> they have a walrus type body. They um don't have any external nose or ears. And they do reproduce on their own, which is fun. They don't really have a specific gender. There's actually rumors to say they've based on Earth in the Himalayas. So, who knows? I'd be uh, pretty surprised if I saw a walrus in the Himalayas. But, you know, that's like exactly what they look like. <laughs> but, um, and then the last one, which... I'm a little bit confused on, but I guess Alyssa will get into this one more. Um, there's the reptilian insect insectoid vegas, and they are like a greenish copper color. They have green blood. Their eyes are large. It's something that looks reptilian, you know, or like an insect. And um, they've had communications with humans, apparently. But with all those three different types of Vegas, they all are just a loving type of breed. And they starseeded from the Syrians? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the Pleiadians a bit. Oh, yeah. One more thing about them. They're also, like, since they um, are similar with the Pleiadians, too, they're all about, like, the hippie vibe. And it was very important for humans to eat fruit. And that's how we will all get along at the end of the day. So that's like their Nature. their cornerstone is definitely yeah, which is funny because they're vegan. Vegan, vegan. <laughs> yeah. But that is like the people that are from Vega, basically. Exactly. And I found that a lot of Pisces resonate with Vega for some mm. reason. I don't know the astrological like. I I really would like to do, figure out if there's astrology that can tell us mm. what races we resonate with. But Ooh. yeah, because like Sagittarius totally is the the Arcturian vibe. Yeah. Uh, um, absolutely. And Aquarius is definitely Pleiadian vibe. Gemini's, so. I feel earthly people. Scorpio's reptilian because so. they're snakes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Oh shit! Well, the, Sorry, there's like Scorpios. a feline race, which is definitely <laughs> Leo's. But yeah, so I'm gonna go a little bit over the Syrians and Orion, the Orion Council, but the history is a little weird, like. You might feel polarized when you hear about either of these races and what they stand for just because still to this day, they're kind of split down the middle with positive or negative entities coming from either of these places. So because of all the different wars that we will go over on a future episode, Syrians had a sect, uh, the minority, split off and rebel like Lucifer the Luciferian Rebellion, which is they believe in service of self rather than service to all. I mean, I I think everybody's got a little bit of everything probably in them to some degree, so everybody's capable of resonating with that. But if your soul has history in any of these wars and you are on the side of love and light, you might feel a little bit repulsed by the people that (laughs) have some Syrian genetics inside of them. So the Syrians come from Sirius B, and obviously Orion comes from Orion. They are a major part of the genetic history of humans on this planet. They were very much a part of deciding 
each of the seedings and each of the races that were going to be involved. And that some of them tried to manipulate their way in having more and more control over some of the uh, genetics and how our DNA was created. Some of the Syrians now that are on this planet are our starseeds for on the side of love and light are very much powerful healers. Um, they can appear blue, the blue skin, well, not the starseeds, but the actual <laughs> Syrians on this planet <laughs> can appear blue skinned and they come as healers. And there's a weird matrix, the memories between the Arcturians and the Syrians where Jesus coming from wherever he came from, there's both, the, well, no, both the Syrians and Arcturians take responsibility for the consciousness of Jesus hmm. on this planet and Mary. Really? Yeah. So I know that there's a relationship between the two energies. Um, and I don't know if maybe memory is like a, I don't know, it's an, it's a vibration. So I'm sure there's a relationship between the two, but they are very much, they had all the Atlantean knowledge, Lemuria, uh, crystal healing, a lot of that technology was brought to us by the Syrians. For the most part, they're absolutely benevolent. And they are also looking to assist us in our ascension, but they have been the ones to provide a little bit more of the technologies rather than just the wisdom through channeling. Characteristics. Physically, the Syrian race, it stems from Vega. They're dark-skinned and have dark-pronounced eyes. I think that's why uh, a lot of the Middle East, the wars from the Middle East for territory or whatever, they allegedly, it was more about... uh, vortexes or ley lines or power sources on the planet obviously the holy land a lot of those wars are from actually the aliens warring over it too um and egypt atlantis all of these big sites the syrians were kind of involved in and trying to keep control of from reptilians or the small sects of the luciferian rebellion and a lot were destroyed in the process, but as they adapted to Earth's conditions, because they were here for so long, their skin also became lighter and lighter. There's also theories that, like, dolphins and whales and mm. some animals that are highly intelligent underwater creatures are Sir- Syrian-based. So, so that's if you resonate with a lot of the healing, you probably have some Syrian in you. Also, the Native Americans were very, very tied to... Um, Sirius, the star, and the star beings from there. A lot, like, there's theories that bananas and corn were brought to them from the star people, which at that time was the Syrians. I, I will mention, the Orion Council, I think, I don't want to really talk about the star seeds for that one, just because it's a very uh, controversial species still right now. I don't really know where their alliances That's are, right. but mm-hmm. um, when we talk more in detail about the history and the wars and all that stuff, we can discuss them a little bit so i probably have the creepiest most unrelatable alien of all (laughs) (laughs) and that is the reptilians so they are a very creepy species i think the best way to intro them is the fact that i googled reptilians and the first second third fourth fifth thing that comes up is all about how to spot a reptilian in the U.S. government. (laughs) Like, people are so mesmerized by the fact that there are people working in the U.S. government that they think are 
reptilians. So let me let me introduce it and then we'll kind of get into that. So they are snake-like beings and they are in many different religious and folk beliefs. So if you think about the Bible, who made Eve eat the apple? A snake. A snake. If you think about uh, Chinese religion and culture, it's all based on dragons and other reptilian creatures. In Islam, there's uh, something called the jinn, and that is a snake. And then also in Sumerian mythology, they had this ET race that was controlling and enslaving humans. The Anunnaki. Yes. So these... This species comes from the star system Draco, which is so crazy because then in Harry Potter, Draco Malfoy and Slytherin and a snake. Mm. Wait. I mean, she was from England, right? Like, J.K. Rowling's from England, and they are ruled by the Queen of England, who is a reptilian, right? I'm kidding. (laughs) But there's a lot of theories that she is because of their genetics. So... So I'll get into that, too. Cool. So, the characteristics of a reptilian is that they're usually on the taller side for humans. It's six to eight feet tall. They have snake-like heads, skin, and eyes. And a lot of times people say they can be shapeshifters, too. So, maybe from one angle, it looks like they're a regular human. And then from another angle, they look like a snake. So... There's actually this really, there's a couple YouTube videos out there where they'll zoom in on certain people in the government or people in the Secret Service. And from one angle, it looks like they are straight up reptiles. And then from another angle, they're just a regular human. But when they think that they're not in the frame, it's like that's when they turn into a snake looking creature. So... It's very creepy. Um, They can be green, brown, red, or white. They usually have psychic communications and manipulation. That is their thing. So, something I read that was crazy, and I found all my information from Gaia.com. I read that they feed off the emotional fields created by trauma. So they're really hitting you where it hurts. That's how creepy and weird they are. And they have access to the human dreamscape. So a lot of times people will come into contact with them on the astral plane, whether it's astral projecting or in their regular dreams or lucid dreaming, things like that. It's interesting because like the main – one of the main things that the Arcturians will preach more than anything is to – alleviate yourself of all fear guilt and shame because those are the emotions that are tying you to the matrixes of like your trauma the victim mentality and that leaves you susceptible to snakes like reptilians (laughs) (laughs) so snakes yeah and and people are like okay well what are they doing here and the consensus is they're trying to take over earth So, they're trying to control our resources. They're trying to get in high power places such as um, the royal family or the 
president. I don't know. Trump sometimes from some angles. You never know. (laughs) No, you could say that about anyone, not just Trump. So they that's what they're saying. Their manipulation games are all for their own benefit and to get power. That is their goal. So I hope I hope this isn't the one that you think you relate to most. But Aisha said earlier And I agree with this, that we all have a little reptilian in us. We all have a little snake. Mm -hmm. That manipulation game and anytime you're trying to take advantage of someone else, that's the reptilian in you. And there are supposedly genetic markers, like, within the royal family, like RH negative blood, which is tied to more psychic abilities and things like that. Everybody in the royal family has this RH negative blood, which they have no idea where that comes from. And, like, all the presidents having been related <laughs> to each other on some weird level. Like, it is almost like they keep it in the family a little bit. But the Anunnaki is, like, who seeded the entire human race. So, obviously, we must have a little bit in us. And it can be beneficial, I think, to some. To, if we're still playing in this field, like, we got to have all the skills. we got to use all the tools in the toolbox to survive. <laughs> Wait, just to clarify, though, for the Anunnaki thing, it said... The Anunnaki controlled and enslaved humans. It didn't really say they were the humans. They they, they breeded us. That's like how mm-hmm. our evolution, they took what was here that was like a very low consciousness creature and incorporated their DNA with that oh, that's creature what you mean. and created mm-hmm. humans from that. So yeah, there, there's all, there's a long history. <laughs> yeah, I've read that they were invited, like these certain species or races were invited to help with the ascension of this planet when it was our time. So there's definitely some type of order. But I was going to say something else along with this. The Arcturians definitely are all about there is an order to this. Like every war that's been fought, it's for a higher purpose. So everything you perceive to be evil, you perceive to be negative, the duality of it, the same thing that we've been talking about for so long, which has been like, you to experience yourself as God, you need to experience yourself as not like the illusion of separation. It's to strengthen the oneness. Yes. I think what's crazy though is that although reptilians seem like such a low frequency type species, at least they're united. Like mm-hmm. we aren't as humans, we are not at that level. So are they really below us? I no, I don't think they and are. And they're all here. If they're all here, they they can't be too well, much lower. They have so many they have technology, they have abilities, they have telepathy, they have all of these advanced technologies and then at the end of the day it's like the decision do we serve ourselves or do we serve humanity as a whole or like it's the Lucifer versus God whole thing just played out being played out by higher dimensional beings. <laughs> it's so true on every type of scale at every level every capacity that makes so much sense it's just this constant back and forth of a dualistic mindset versus oneness Mm -hmm. honestly yeah and when you step out of it (laughs) you can see it all and be chill Mm -hmm. so my question is because i know that reptilians definitely you know have a scary type of feeling around it i guess but is is it really are they really like well, to us, uh, are you meaning like a threat? No, are they really like scary? I'm saying, like, or is yes. this 
Okay. I I've never experienced is this what like videos are Well, just think of the energy space of some some energy constantly trying to control and change like the the abduction stories are mm. scary. It's like you uh, using trauma against you. So think of anything bad that ever happened to you and them using that to take advantage of you and so yeah, politicians. <laughs> mm-hmm. It all makes sense now. It all connects. But yeah, it's all very creepy stuff. It's never for it's never out of love and light. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can totally be immune to that. Like you can totally be of such a high vibration that you heal your traumas. You heal the parts of you that are tied to other places so that you cannot be influenced and controlled by anything because everything is inside of you. You are everything. So you'll manifest a reptilian if you're in that low vibration, but Maybe other than that, you can be yeah, – you're immune. You're in control. <laughs> that makes total sense, too, because of what I did talk about, um, the dream I had with the reptilian. That was a night where I was, like, not in a great state, and I was intoxicated, and, like, I was at a low vibration that night, and that's when I had that sleep paralysis and the experience. But at the end of the day, if you're in a low vibration, what's gonna propel you into a higher one is hitting rock bottom until there's nowhere, yeah. So maybe they're not too bad. That's Mm -hmm. the thing, That's and that's how the Arcturians kind of perceive it it as well. Like, you need them. Right now, where you're at, you need them if you manifest mm-hmm. them. Because they're kind of like putting out the test of whoever's still following their control are the people that are still asleep, obviously. Whoever's rose above is not impacted by them. Mm-hmm. So you kind of can different. It's like their way of differentiating, but it's a hurtful. It, hurtful in the sense, in a practical sense in this reality, but when you look at it at that larger scale... You can see where the necessary bigger picture comes in, you know. But it's hard to think on that level because you get even even some of the channeled stories I was reading was saying we the Andromedans like we got so wrapped up in all your dramas and wars <laughs> that we just decided to stay. Like we're a reality. We show. are a fucking reality <laughs> show, man. Like <laughs> like that's why they come here because yeah. you can just do because. You can just do whatever. It is like a fucking open playground when you get, re- you know, reincarnated on Earth because you don't remember anything mm-hmm. of your past. Like, we're, I'm 25 and I'm still just scratching the surface of this shit. Like, there's definitely you know? a lot of these races, though, the benevolent ones that we talked about are there to protect. Yeah. And you can connect with them in meditations for guidance if you resonate with any of these in particular. And if you have any fears at all, they will surely quench them. <laughs> like, you will mm-hmm. not be afraid because you've got an army of guardian angels. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so there's so much information on aliens and different alien races. We just want to throw at you the most common ones to see, you know, if you relate to any of them or what you find interesting. But we will definitely have to do another episode on this and just kind of maybe go into the history, the wars, all the the background relationships. We kind of gave you all the different sides, but like how they connect and how they connect to us. So we'll do another episode on that. 
Let us know what you resonate with, though. Hit us up on Instagram at VibeUpThePodcast and make sure to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you.